Welcome to Igris Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh HaYeshiva and President of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. We're going to be doing a few special episodes for Pesach, and we start today with one from Orchaim Aleph Kufnun Zayin, 1157, and this is from 1955. And the issue here is actually about Erev Pesach and about the Siyum. Normally we make a Siyum, we finish a Masechet before Pesach, um, as a way of not having to do the practice of Tanik Bechorot. And the question is, what constitutes a siyum? Classically, it would be a tractate of Talmud, but can, even if one finishes a sefer of Tanakh, can even that be con- considered a siyum, significant enough to make a siyum and in order to make a suuda, and that suudas mitzvah, that meal mitzvah, would be enough in order to allow one to eat rather than having to observe Tanis Bechoros. So Rav Moshe here deals with this issue and he responds uh, to the person who asked him the question, Rav Moshe Yisachar Goldberg, and he says as follows. So this is also relevant for the nine days, two, two times where there's a tradition to make siyumim to get out of what one otherwise would have to do, either the tanas bachoros or not eating meat during the nine days. And he says, um, uh, it, it does it count as a sudas mitzvah? If you have a group that was learning a sefer of Tanakh, now he says, in depth. And now this is going to be interesting. It's specifically about learning, you know, rabbinic literature. The context in which he was asking the question is, is that the rabbi was teaching, uh, you know, the, Midra- the Midrashim, the, com- the commentaries and the uh, elaborations of Chazal from the rabbinic literature. So we'll see in a minute how necessary that is. And you, the questioner, you, you assumed that this would actually constitute a siyum and you would be able to make a suuda and therefore eat an Erev Pesach or eat meat during the nine days. Now, what was the proof? Because there is a famous Midrash, Midrash Yerashirim, that says that when you complete the Torah, you, there is a Sudas Mitzvah, and uh, that's applied to Simchas Torah, and therefore here too you have completed a book of Tanakh, and therefore that should uh, constitute a Sudas Mitzvah. Now Rav Moshe says, um, so you see it applies even to written Torah and not just to the oral Torah, rabbinic literature, and therefore it would apply also to a book of Tanakh. Now Rav Moshe is going to, as we'll see in a minute, agree with this, but he thinks that this is not a good proof text. Because he says, You know, that is a type of a ritual that the entire Jewish people do, so when the entire uh, you know, Jewish people complete a year of reading the Torah. Also, it's not just learning, it's a sort of a ritual of uh, formal reading in a synagogue, and it is the entire Jewish people. So you can't exactly extrapolate from that uh, to uh, to other types of learning that uh, that uh, completes a book of Tanakh, that that would be good enough for a Sudas Mitzvah. So we're going to have to try to find another basis for this. Now, in the way that this was initially phrased, we see somewhat of a bias towards thinking that learning Torah Shabbat Peh, rabbinic literature, is maybe uh, more weighty and more serious. And this obviously reflects a general attitude that Chazal have. They say, that the greatest thing is really to learn Gemara. We know, for example, Kaddish de Rabbanan is said, de Rabbanan being the key word, only on Torah Shabbat Peh, only on rabbinic. 
types of uh, of literature and learning, not on simple reading and of Torah Shevachsav, the written Torah, and therefore one, if one is going to actually prove or argue that you can make a seum on the written Torah, you would think you would have to sort of justify why that is as weighty or significant enough as Torah Shabbat Peh as a type of a learning in order to make a seum. So Rav Moshe really uh, avoids all of this and finesses this whole question by saying, yes, you make a Sudas Mitzvah, but not by arguing that it's like a seum of of a Masechet, but by saying it's really just for the completion of any mitzvah. It's not even about learning. It's not even about a tractate or a sefer. It's the completion of any mitzvah oh, that takes place over a period of time. And that's his argument. If you do it in depth, not just a simple reading, but it's a serious learning. How do you know that? That that constitutes Sudas Mitzvah? And that's the key. We don't have to compare it to learning a tractate. That might be a hard comparison. We're going to just put it as part of a general category of completing a mitzvah that takes time. The basis for this is the Gemara that says that Tuba'av was a holiday. Why? Um, because the way the Rashbam explains it, that they would over the summer they would cut firewood in order to uh, or wood in order to be used on the altar, and that was a long process that extended over the course of the summer, and it would end at Tuba Av, and therefore when they would end this big mitzvah, they would make it a yantav, and they would not have a fat do any fasting on that day, and that shows that it's not about a learning of a masechet, but it's about any completion of any mitzvah. Now, that takes place over time. Now, Rav Moshe has to deal with the fact that there that did not say that they made a sudas mitzvah, that they had a meal that was a mitzvah, and that's the key here. So let's see how he, how he preaches this. He says, There's no idea of a Sudas Mitzvah And maybe you could say we're only doing it in commemoration, but Rav Moshe says there's no evidence that even when they actually were cutting the wood on Tuba'av, when they finished that, that they would do an actual Sudas Mitzvah. He says, Why? It wasn't that there were a particular group of people that all together did the mitzvah. Some people cut, you know, on one day, some people cut on another day, and it was very distributed. And because it was distributed, you did not have a chabura, you did not have like a group that was involved in the mitzvah. And therefore, there was no idea of a su'uda. It was something that more applied to a special day for Kla Yisrael, but not the intimacy and the sort of the group setting that would make a su'uda appropriate. So fascinating idea. When it's more abstract and distributed, you could say it's a special day, we don't fast, but it doesn't have that intensity of doing something as a group. Now, of course, you could also say maybe it's not just any mitzvah. Maybe it's a mitzvah for the Beis HaMikdash, it's a big mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that all of Klai Yisrael was involved in. But if Moshe think, thinks that this is a good enough precedent that any mitzvah that takes place over time, when you complete it, you can make a Sudas Mitzvah. 
So when you have a special group, it's the exact like flip side of the coin. To do a generic Yom Tov, that's not by a group. That's only for Klal Yisrael. On the other hand, a meal that is special to a group and that's not relevant to the entire Jewish people. So since we know that you do it by when you finish a tractate, there's an idea of a group doing it. We can assume that we're going to now say that is true by any any mitzvah that takes place over time. And now Rav Moshe says, and you know what? Maybe without this distinction of whether it's all of Klai Yisrael or a small group, you make a distinction between is it obligated or if you choose to do it. It might be it's not obligated when you finish a big mitzvah, but if you choose to do it, it is a sudas mitzvah. Now, one should point out, you know, that Rav Moshe did a nice little fitting of things together. There's no evidence to take that specific example and then to abstract it of the uh, chopping of the wood and then to abstract it and say this is true by any mitzvah and then make the jump to Su'udas mitzvah by combining it with the idea of a siyam of a masechet. But by making these, piecing these things together in this way, Rav Moshe is arguing that any mitzvah that takes place over time, it's not specifically about learning a sefer of Gemara, any mitzvah over time, you actually can do a Su'udas mitzvah. So, this is now important because he's not trying to make it like the learning of a Masechet. He might not require, like the questioner assumed, that there be a real rabbinic textual component to this, right? Maybe any serious learning, even if it doesn't, even if it's not going into what Chazal say on the various verses, would be enough. And he actually said, says something almost like that. He says the following. He, um, he says, um, Aval, he says, It has to be a a genuine, a legitimate, sort of Torah-true reading of that Sefer of Tanakh. So therefore, A, it has to be a serious learning. If it's just reading Psukim, that's not, you know, involving yourself in a serious, intense sort of mitzvah. Um, it's not any mitzvah that takes you know a few minutes or a few days to do. It has to be a real investment. So that's why iyun. But it doesn't require rabbinic per se to be, make it like Gemara. But it does require that you learn something that is a Torah true interpretation and not just you know learning and just talking about it and whatever ideas you know come to your mind for Rav Moshe. That doesn't make it a deep enough or a Torah true enough type of a learning. Um, so if it's just re- if it's just reading the psukim and everybody's sort of sharing their ideas or reading maybe a contemporary commentator that's not really coming from a rabbinic vantage point, Rav Moshe says I don't consider that to be a serious mitzvah, not because it's not like learning Gemara, but because I would question how much that really is bringing a Torah true lens to the learning. So based on this, Rav Moshe actually opens a wide. Uh, opportunity both for the Siyum of, of Tanis Bechoros and also for the nine days. Any type of ongoing mitzvah or any type of learning that is serious, that's ongoing, and then it comes to a sense of a completion is enough for a Siyum, and one does not have to make it analogous to learning of, the, of Gemara, but one does have to make it something that would be Torah true. 
Thanks for listening to Egros Moshe A to Z, now celebrating 10,000 listens. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Yeshivat Chovevei Torah. To learn more, visit yctorah.org.